Welcome to the Property Magic Podcast. My name is Simon Zucci, and in this podcast, I'm going to deep dive into the property investing strategies and investor mindset for my book, Property Magic. I will also share real estate investing hints, tips, and tricks, which I normally only share on my Property Mastermind Mentorship. Hello and welcome to episode number 13 of the Property Magic Podcast, in which I'm going to share with you how to achieve your property goals. I'm going to share some advanced goal setting techniques and also explain how you can achieve more in less time. But first of all, does goal setting really work? Well, I must admit, when I first heard about it about 20 years ago, I was very sceptical. I was just getting into personal development and I couldn't really see how writing down your goals could work, but I decided to do it anyway. So I was at a Tony Robbins event called Wealth Mastery, and this is about the psychology of investing. It was a really good event. I really enjoyed it. And one of the things they talked about was working out what you want and writing down your goals. And they said, don't worry about how you're going to achieve them. Just what would you like to achieve? So I sat there and I wrote this list of goals and a lot of the things I thought, well, I don't know how I'm going to achieve these things, but I wrote them down anyway. Now, this was back in the year 2000. And then a couple of years later, I was moving house and I found this folder from the event and out dropped a piece of paper. And it was a piece of paper on which I'd written these goals. And I was amazed as I looked at this list, a number of the things I'd written down, I had already achieved. And some of these were things I didn't know I was going to do. I didn't know how I was going to do them. For example, one of them that I wrote back in the year 2000 was I wanted to leave my corporate job at Cadbury's. Now, I really enjoyed Cadbury's. I loved the company. I loved the people. I loved the product. But I wrote that down. And then by 2001, I'd resigned and I managed to step away thanks to the passive income from my property portfolio. Now, I also wrote down some things on the list that I hadn't achieved. For example, one of them was, hey, I would love to be on stage at an event like this talking about property. Now, the reason I thought that was actually, despite being wealth mastery, there was no one speaking about property. And I'd really been investing for a number of years. I'd done pretty well. I thought, well, surely they should talk about property at wealth mastery. Now, bear in mind, this time I'd done no speaking about property at all. I wasn't teaching other people. I was just investing myself. And yet I put down a goal that I'd love to be speaking on stage at Wealth Mastery. And by the time I looked at my list in 2003, well, that hadn't happened. But what had happened was I'd started to speak about property investing and teach other people to do what I had done. Now, I also found it's really interesting that fast forward several years and in 2009, I actually got to speak on stage at Wealth Mastery in London in front of about 900 people about property investing. So my goal had become true, even though I knew nothing about speaking on stages at that time or wasn't helping anyone else at that time in property. It's just something I thought I'd like to do. So sometimes little crazy ideas come from somewhere and writing them down gives them a kind of bit of life and imagination. So I believe one of the biggest benefits about writing down your goals is the time you take, the thinking time to actually gain clarity on what you really want. Now, that's very important because if you don't know what you want, how do you know when you've got there or even if you're going in the right direction? It's a bit like if you get into a car and you want to 
drive somewhere and you don't know where you're going, you have to punch in the address to the sat-nav, then the sat-nav can help guide you in that direction. And by writing down your goals, it's a bit like giving instructions and guidance to your subconscious to help you guide you in the direction that you want to go. And things and circumstances and people will start coming into your life that will help you achieve that goal. Now, I know for some people, this sounds a bit woo-woo. And at the Tony Robbins event, I thought it sounded very woo-woo. But I just encourage you to go with it and give it a try. Now, in many business schools and at university, they sometimes teach what's called SMART goals when talking about goal setting. So SMART stands for Specific, Measurable, Achievable, Realistic, and Timely. There are some slight different variations on that, on those definitions, but that's generally what it stands for. Now, most of these are very valid. I believe you should be very specific in your goal setting. What exactly do you want to achieve? You know, in property investing, very often people say, I want to replace my income. Well, be precise. How much do you actually want that to be? Measurable. You need to be able to measure if you're achieving moving towards your goals as well. Timely is you put a time frame on it. Again, that helps bring things into your existence and your consciousness and helps you achieve those. But the two words I have a problem with are achievable and realistic. Now, let me explain why. A very good friend of mine, a fellow speaker, David Heiner of Stretch Developments, has done extensive research in that he's interviewed hundreds of incredibly successful business people, athletes, inventors, politicians. And there's one thing that all of these people have in common. As Dave was going through all this questionnaire with them, he found out that all of them use goal setting. Not only that, they set massive, unrealistic goals, sometimes called BHAGs, big, fat, hairy goal. And this is important because if you set a goal which feels very achievable, it's not going to stretch you. You know, real development happens when you stretch. One of my sayings is your success is waiting for you just outside your comfort zone. Because if you always do what you've always done, you always get what you've always got. If you want to experience change in your life, you have to change your life. You have to be the catalyst. You have to do things different. So my suggestion would be to set some goals that really scare you. And also you have no idea about how you're going to achieve them. I recommend you dream big. See, very often we limit ourselves because we set realistic goals because we don't want to be upset if we don't achieve them. We don't want other people to maybe belittle us or scorn us or, or take the mickey because we haven't achieved what we said we're going to do. But don't worry about other people. In fact, maybe you don't really want to share your dreams with them. It's all about you deciding what's important to you. And rather than limiting yourself to the resources you currently have, if you set that clear intention, you've got a really good reason why, very often things you want will be attracted to you. Tony Robbins has got a great saying, which is, what would you do if you could not fail? So forget about the resources and the limitations and the, the limiting beliefs you have. What would you do if you could not fail? And that's a great question. I want you to think about that just for a moment. What would you do if you could not fail? And it really opens up the mind to the possibilities. And, you know, I think it's our duty to play big, to have an impact on this world. You want to play big. Don't play small. So let's talk now 
about how you specifically set your goals. So the first thing is you've got to work out what do you want. Now, as I said in property, many people say, I want to replace my income. Okay, that's great. And maybe that's because they don't like what they do and they want to replace that income thing, start doing what they really want with their life. Or maybe you love what you do, but you just want a safety net in place in case something happens to you and you can't actually do the job you currently do. Um, maybe it's about that provision for the future. So, so what specifically do you want to achieve? And let's focus on property investing for the moment, but also you can do this within your personal life, your relationships, your health and fitness, your spirituality. You know, you set goals in all these different areas, but let's just think about property just for the moment. So what specifically do you want to do? Now, another great question I want to share with you that might stimulate your thinking here is how would you spend your time if you didn't have to work for a living? If you had all the money and all the time you needed what would you do with your life? And that's very liberating. Now, that's sometimes very difficult for people to understand and, and contemplate because they think, well, no, I'm going to have to always be working. But just what if you didn't have to work? Let's say you inherited a load of money or you won the lottery, more money than you could spend in your lifetime. And you had all the time in the world to do whatever you wanted. What would you do with your time? Who would you spend your time with? Where would you go? How would you contribute? How would you give back? How would you make yourself feel worthy? Imagine that for a moment. Take away the constraints and restrictions of normal life and think about what would you do if you had all the time and the money you needed? Again, very liberating question. Now, it's worth spending some time thinking on this and daydream about what do you really, really want? And if you have a life partner, a significant other in your life, it's also really important to sit down with them and make sure you are aligned and you're working towards the same thing. And ultimately, if you don't have a plan for your life, you're going to end up fitting into someone else's plan, which is what happens with the vast majority of people. So make sure you know what you want and then you can set up a plan to actually achieve it. And then you've got to set a time scale as well. When do you want to get there? And sometimes it's a significant date, a birthday, 40, 50, 60, whatever it might be, or a date in the future. Think about it. When do you want to achieve this by? Now, most people, when they write goals, they write them in the future. They say, uh, I want to have an income of £4,000 a month. I want to be able to go on three luxury holidays a year. I want to be able to contribute more to my local charity or church. And, you know, they have these things they want to do in the future. And that's great because at least they know where they want to go. But the only problem is if you listen to the languaging around this, if you say, I want to have something, actually it's saying that I want to have it because I don't have it now. So it's actually coming from a place of scarcity. So what's a better thing to do when you set your goals is you write them in the present tense as if you have already achieved them. So you might say, I am now financially independent. I spend my time doing this, this and this. And I give back to my community. I help charity. I travel the world. Whatever it is that's important to you, you already have it right now. Now, I learned this strategy whilst I was attending some training in Bali a couple of years ago. And it's called 
a future vision. And it's about setting a future vision for your life and describing what your life is all about and how it feels. And so I was taught how to do this process, which is you sit down and probably allocate about an hour for this and you daydream. You just think about what do you want your life to be? And then you put this down on paper, but you write yourself a letter or like a journal entry and you date it sometime in the future. So maybe you date it a year forward from now and you're writing as if you're writing yourself a letter. And you start with, I am so grateful because, and you talk about all the things you have in your life, all the things you currently do, the people, the connections, the assets, whatever it might be, and how grateful you are for these. And it's because you took action, you kept going, you were persistent. And so it's almost saying to your subconscious, well done for all these things you now have because of all the action you took. And it's a way of fueling yourself and building your desire. And you want to, when you write this, put in as much emotion and energy as you can into it. I don't remember the first time I wrote this, I was sitting down and then I stopped and I read it through and I was actually kind of welling up because there was so much emotion. And I thought, well, this is, this is just so incredible how, how much my life has improved. And it, it's pretty good at the moment, but it just got so much better because I'd had this vision and I put it down on paper and I really felt like I had achieved it. So one of the gifts I want to give you is that recommendation that you sit down and write your future vision and enjoy the process and get emotionally involved. And then you want to review that. You see, goals are not just about setting once a year. A lot of people set their New Year's goals, their resolutions, and then within a couple of weeks, they've forgotten those. Actually, a goal should be something you review on probably a 90-day basis, at once a quarter. And I actually go through a process called 90-day planning, where every 90 days I sit down, I work out, okay, what is it I want to achieve? And I, I have my long-term goals, but then I break those down into smaller, achievable, bite-sized chunks so I can actually do the things I need to do to get to the goals I don't know how I'm going to achieve, if that makes sense. And so every 90 days, I sit down and it gives me a chance to reflect on the last 90 days to see, am I going in the right direction? To course direct if I'm not, to reprioritize if I need to do that and make sure for the next 90 days, I'm working on the right things. Again, it's a really powerful thing. I encourage you to think about doing that yourself. You can do it on your own or there are groups you can connect with and do that with. So it's really important to keep that focus and keep the momentum going. So once you've got your goals, and your future vision, and you feel emotionally excited about this, you need to create an extensive list of all the things you need to do to actually achieve those goals, to make them happen. And so the next step is to actually prioritize those steps and make sure you're always working on the most important thing. Now, there's a great book I'd like to recommend to you called by Brian Tracy called Eat That Frog. And it's all about overcoming the things that you really don't want to do. And Brian suggests that in the morning, the first thing you should do is do the thing on your action list you really don't want to do, you've been putting off, is eating that frog for breakfast. And if you do the hardest thing in the morning at the beginning of the day, what it means is the rest of the day is much, much easier. And then also, Brian talks about making sure you're working on the right things. Very often, we will all tick off the easy things on our action list 
but actually we need to be focusing on the most important tasks. So he said, look at your action list to work out, you know, if I can only do one thing, what would the most important thing be today? And then once you've done that, you say, okay, if I could only do two things, what would the second most important thing be? And so on the third thing, then you come up with a priority order for the first, second, and third. And then here's the really important point I want to make sure you understand. When you start working on your goals, you just focus on the first task, the most important one, until that is done. And then you do the second most important task. Now, the way to do this is by actually scheduling time into your diary. And I recommend it's really good if you do something every day. Some days you might have just five, 10 minutes. Some days you can find a couple of hours. But by scheduling the time in and being very clear what you're actually doing in that time, you're going to be far more efficient and you're going to achieve more. And one of my coaches was helping me with my productivity and they shared a concept of focused time. And let me share that with you. So the idea of focused time is you allocate some time in which you are just going to work on the most important task. So during that time, and it might be 45 or 55 minutes, you turn off your phone or put it onto airplane mode. You turn off the alerts on your email. In fact, you shut down your internet. So you're just working on the thing you need to work on. And then you might put a sign on your door outside saying, do not disturb. And you make it very clear, no one is to bother you. And if you run a business like I do and you have a load of staff, very often people want to come and ask you things. You want to make sure you are carving out this time for you to focus on the most important activity. And you put your head down and you just get on for 45 minutes, 55, whatever you decide it to be. Then at that time, you have an alarm, an alarm that goes off and you stop. And you take at least five minutes just to relax and recover. And then you maybe go out and talk to people in your office or do something a bit different. And you could come back and have another focus time. Now, sometimes people say, this is brilliant. I'm going to have two focus sessions every day. And you know what? That's pretty hard to maintain. But maybe just think about having a couple of focus sessions every week. Very often in one focus session, you could do more than most people do in an entire day because most people are not focused. They get easily distracted. They take time to get back into whatever they were doing. Having this completely undistracted time will really help you achieve so much more. So you know what? I believe that deciding what you want and getting really clear on that and having a great reason why it's going to really help you be more successful in your property investing. You know, when challenges and obstacles get in your way, if you have that clear focus and clarity on why you're doing this, it's going to help you overcome those obstacles. And then by working out everything you need to do, prioritizing it, and having focused time and scheduling the time into a diary, you're going to achieve a lot more than the average investor. And I'd also encourage you to check in every 90 days to make sure you're on track and see if you need to course correct. So I do hope this session has been useful and inspiring for you. And I really would take some time to implement some of the things I've shared with you. Now, in the next episode of the Property Magic Podcast, I'm going to share with you all about the power of networking and how your network is your net worth. And I'm also going to share what I used to hate networking, but actually going to networking is one of the best things that's ever happened to me. And I'm also going to give you the very best question you can ask when networking. So until next time, remember to always invest with knowledge, invest with skill. Thanks for listening to the Property Magic Podcast. To get this week's show notes, please visit www 
propertymagicbook.co.uk forward slash podcast. You can contact me via LinkedIn. You can follow me on social media. And I highly recommend you subscribe to my YouTube channel to watch loads of valuable property trading for free. All of the details are available in the show notes. Until next time, invest with knowledge, invest with skill.